0: off-duty i am your glorious host seth michaels joined today by
1: your kind of glorious co-host jason katie good evening
0: jason you're not giving yourself enough credit that's just my opinion
1: i am the stupendous amazing glorious really cute kind of sassy co-host that better
0: that's much better. You you are the sassy co-host. I will agree with that. I was going for a walk the other day, and I ran into a police officer, and it looked like he was maybe talking to his stomach, and I came up and I asked him, were you talking to your stomach? And he looked down, and he said, well, yeah, you're under a vest.
1: <laughs> I knew you were leading into a joke because you started with, I went for a walk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Going for a walk. That that makes me sad, Jason.
1: It's also like negative 20 degrees here in the Midwest. So why would you go for a walk? I have neighbors that go for walks in these sub-zero temperatures at like six in the morning. And I know that because before I even go out to shovel my driveway, I, I see footprints in my sidewalk. And I just have to ask, why? Why are you doing this to yourself? And then they bring their dogs too. Leave the dogs at home or put them in the backyard if you want them to get some exercise, but stupid.
0: I've never seen anybody do that and look happy with their life.
1: It's the wrong way to start your day, outside running or walking.
0: Yeah, You don't see anybody walking at 6 o'clock in the morning and just... I don't know. They just look like they're enjoying everything about themselves, especially when it's like you said, negative 20. No, they always look miserable and they're having to yank their dog behind them because the dog obviously doesn't want to go for a walk and don't make me do
1: it. I guess on the plus side, your day can only go up from that morning walk.
0: Yeah. You wouldn't be able to get me dressed that early in the morning. Like <laughs> if I'm going for a walk that early in the morning, I'm going out in my, I'm going out in my underwear.
1: Oh, dude, we're in the pandemic. There are a few things that get me dressed at any point in the day, let alone in the morning. I mean, my hardest decision in the morning is whether to wear my gray work sweatpants or my other gray work sweatpants, A or B, pick one. I usually just smell the crotch and figure out whichever one smells the nicest. That's, that's the days.
0: Yeah. Which one has had less swamp ass from sitting in a computer chair? Now, I have a question for any listeners out there. Have you changed? If you work from home, like, do you think it's going to be really difficult going back to work in an office that you have to wear regular clothes again? Or have you just never stopped wearing regular clothes? I wonder. Cause I mean, right. You wear sweatpants all the time. My wife wears yoga pants all the time. Like that's her new work attire. I wonder, I, For me, that would be a really difficult transition to go from being comfortable all the time to being not comfortable all the time.
1: Yeah, ask me in the summer because that's the earliest that I will go back to work at this point. And I haven't put on work slacks in months, so whether or not they even fit me, that's a mystery we'll find out together in a few (laughs) months. But
0: You know it's a dad's podcast when somebody says the word slacks.
1: (laughs) And they have just cargo pockets all over them no
0: there's a tape measure hidden somewhere in there
1: where are my new balances to work
0: (laughs) now we have our let's talk about it out of the way for a moment i do want to talk about what we're going to get in today and that's a adhd and i wanted to talk about this because i read a book recently that really brought to light some of the things in my own life that i've struggled with as well as things that I can foresee myself struggling with as a parent who is pretty sure that at least one of their children has ADHD. Some things to look out for. And I'm going to give Jason the ADHD questionnaire on stream, and and I get to tell him whether or not in my non-medical professional advice, this this podcast does not contain medical professional advice is just two dads talking about it. Somebody who has experience with it. So don't sue us, but I will give you that questionnaire and just some other things that I want to talk about that has to do with ADHD. The first question I want to ask you, Jason to you, like when I say ADHD, what does that mean?
1: Okay. I will preface this by saying, I don't know much about the subject at all. I'm not really even aware of anybody in my circle of family or friends that has it. I mean, that being said, perhaps they do, and maybe it's something people don't talk about. So that being said, ADHD to me is, I I know the acronym, it's Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder?
0: Hyperactivity Disorder, yep.
1: Hyperactivity Disorder. I mean, essentially what that means to me, and I may be wrong here, but I think it basically means you cannot concentrate for a period of time on a task or a subject because your mind wanders off to something else. Maybe you'll see something off in, on the side and that distracts you in a way that you cannot focus on a particular task.
0: Yeah. I call that part of ADHD squirrel syndrome. And what I mean by that is when you're out walking a dog and they see a squirrel run across their vision, doesn't matter what they were doing before. It's all about the squirrel in that moment. So yeah, I, I can, de- I definitely liken it to that where, I I call that part squirrel syndrome.
1: So while we're at the topic of kind of defining what it is, I don't know if this is on your agenda, but what is the difference between ADD versus ADHD? Because I've heard both of those acronyms before, but I don't know what the difference is.
0: Now, ADD uh, was something that was clinically used in like the 80s and 90s. ADD is Attention Deficit Disorder. It didn't include hyperactivity. Now, in the modern sense of ADHD, it all falls under ADHD. So the ADD acronym is kind of, it's out the window. It's not in use anymore. All of the, so there are three different types of ADHD. And basically the the traditional sense that we think of ADD, that's not technically not a thing anymore. It's a, it's a part of the whole. So I was reading a book, and for those who might want to read it or just might be interested in reading up on the subject or you're worried maybe your children have it, the book that I read is called ADHD 2.0. They're not a sponsor to the show or anything, but I thought the book was so helpful for myself and helping my wife understand kind of what I'm going through that it's it's a an important tool that I think that people should read if they're worried that somebody in their life might have ADHD. ADHD 2.0, really good book. Now, Jason, I mentioned earlier I'm gonna give you a test here, right? And I, I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna kind of score this with you, and okay, we're gonna determine whether or not you have ADHD. And again, my non-medical professional opinion. Okay. This would be a test that it would be very similar or maybe identical to the one that you would take if you were to go in and get checked. They would ask you these questions. So please answer the questions, rating yourself on each of the criteria. Never, rarely, sometimes, often, or very often. Okay. And then basically at the very end, we will calculate your score and... Don't worry, you can't pass or fail this. Pop quiz time, baby. shot. That's right. How often do you have trouble wrapping up the final details of a project once the challenging parts have been done? Never, rarely, sometimes, often, very often.
1: Yeah, I would say for me, it's it's between never and rarely. Uh, I guess I'll say rarely. I'm thinking between work projects and, and home projects. Yeah, I'm really excited usually by the but I when I know and I'm looking down the barrel and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I want to get done, man. So
0: (laughs) how often do you have difficulty getting things in order when you have to do a task that requires organization?
1: Oh, man, anybody that knows me knows I'm pretty organized. I, I will say rarely. How often do you have
0: problems remembering appointments or obligations? Rarely. Jason, let me ask you a question. How often would you say Seth has a problem remembering appointments or obligations?
1: Uh, What's above very often? What's the one right (laughs) above that? (laughs) No, I'm not going to throw you under the bus that hard.
0: When you have a task that requires a lot of thought, how often do you avoid or delay getting started?
1: Uh, Sometimes.
0: How often do you fidget or squirm with your hands or feet when you have to sit down for a long period of time?
1: Oh man, I'm thinking of like my long meetings at work. Um, rarely. I'll say rarely.
0: How often do you feel overly active, compelled to do things like you were driven by a motor? Rum, 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 rum.
1: Ooh, I'll say rarely to that one as well.
0: That's the way a motor broke my little boy's belly. Num, 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 num. <laughs> okay, that was part A. So now we'll do part B. How often do you make careless mistakes when you have to work on a boring or difficult project? Uh, Rarely. How often do you have difficulty keeping your attention when you are doing boring or repetitive work?
1: I don't mind boring or repetitive work. Uh, I would say, I'd say rarely.
0: How often do you have difficulty concentrating on what people say to you, even when they are speaking directly to you?
1: Depends on the subject. Uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll say rarely. I'm one of those people that as you're talking to me, I'm nodding my head and looking directly at you. I'm I'm that type of person.
0: That's something that I've had to work on very hard in my life, that active listening, because again, the, I'm just, yeah. if I'm not actively thinking about trying to interpret what you're saying, my brain's like, man, I wonder how many calories I had for breakfast this morning. If I add that to the, you know, two lollipops I had and the, the club sandwich and then my lunch. Do I have enough calories left over for the war of eighteen twelve? Really started.
1: You have a club sandwich before lunch. Wow.
0: Yeah, when I was younger, for sure. How often do you misplace or have difficulty finding things at
1: home or at work? Oh, very rarely. I, I would, I would almost say never. I'm pretty good with that, man. You can't hide anything from me. I'm jealous. <laughs> How often are you distracted by activity or noise? Mm. i'll say i'll say sometimes it's, it's hard like right now because i'm you know i'm working from home and then i've got the kids in the background during a meeting i can hear them talking i hear my wife talking to them usually there's a lot of screaming involved so i it's especially right now in these conditions i really have to focus on what i'm listening to in my meeting and try to block out the stuff behind me love you honey
0: what was that what was the worst moment for you since this has started like what what was the most distracting thing can you remember a time that was just really distracting
1: to you I mean like thankfully I haven't had an issue where like my camera was on and somebody walked in naked or something like that's you know nothing like that I will just say I think the the worst is when I'm presenting something and I'm you know I've got maybe an audience of 15 or 20 people that are listening to me present and then I can just hear the kids and my wife in the background. Like, usually when I know I've got a really big presentation, I make sure I let everybody know, like, hey, either go downstairs or just go in the other half of the room. Just be quiet for, like, 20 minutes. Let me get through this. But there's, there was once or twice where it's like, oh, my God. Come on, guys. Stop the crying.
0: Now, my wife, just because of how our house is designed, we haven't had time to convert the space she's in right now. But right now, she's basically in our laundry room for her work. <laughs> and because I'm not great at planning ahead at things, you know, organization and so on and so forth. There are times I'll finish like taking a shower in the afternoon and I'll about to walk in. I'm like, Oh wait, maybe I should check to see if she's on a video call or something. <laughs> I'll be, I'll literally stop at the doorway, bits of dangling, look in and then she'll look over at me and go, no, like, just give me the, the shake. Like, don't come in.
1: <laughs> Maybe she's looking at your bits dangling and saying no to that.
0: Hey, 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 hey. Oh. It's been a rough month for me, okay? I apologize. <laughs> well, she's probably saying no to that, too. But, yeah. It's just, I forget sometimes. And, you know, like, it hasn't happened where I've walked, you know, in the nude in, into the room while she's she's working, thankfully because I'd like to still be married to her. But I know it's come close. (laughs) All right. How often do you leave your seat in meetings or other situations in which you are expected to remain seated?
1: Ooh, now see, I have a small bladder. So I, for me to sit in a two-hour meeting without getting up and going to the bathroom, and I drink a lot of water too. So sometimes, sometimes.
0: How often do you feel restless or fidgety?
1: Uh, rarely get a lot of sleep. I hate you. Um, <laughs>
0: how often, <laughs> how often do you have difficulty unwinding and relaxing when you have time to yourself?
1: Time to myself. What is that? Um, uh, when I have time to myself, I rarely am having trouble relaxing. So rarely.
0: How often do you find yourself talking too much when you are in social situations?
1: Ooh, if anything, it's the opposite. Rarely.
0: When you're in a conversation, how often do you find yourself finishing the sentences of the people you are talking to before they can finish themselves?
1: In my head or out loud? (laughs) I'm I'm asking. Out loud. Oh, I do that once in a while. Not very often. Rarely.
0: But I that's, again, something I've had really hard time struggling with is. Now I just keep it in my head, but I'll get to the end of a sentence and then in my head it feels like an eternity waiting for them to finish talking about whatever they're talking about. It's gotta
1: Yeah, it it can be tough. It depends on the friend. I've got some friends that just babble on and on and on. It's like, oh my god, get to the end. Sometimes I'll just cut them off just to <laughs> let them know that I'm done listening.
0: How often do you have difficulty waiting your turn in situations when turn taking is required?
1: I can wait my turn. Especially now with being a dad with kids, you know, they always have to go first. I'm always the last to eat, last to do all the fun stuff, last to play a game. Fun stuff like what? Play play games like that. that's like, hey, you go first, you go second. I'm always last. I'm the oldest sibling. I was the oldest cousin. So like Christmas, I was always the last one to open presents. It's like, let's go youngest to oldest again. Like, fuck you. <laughs> we go oldest.
0: Jason. Jason got really good at waiting his turn, but man, has it eaten him up over these years?
1: <laughs> Can you tell? Let <laughs> me go oldest to youngest, please. It's just one time. How many more questions are there? A thousand? Two thousand? Oh.
0: <laughs> How often? One. One. This one question left. Okay. How often do you interrupt others when they are busy?
1: when they're busy no i'm a nice guy as we talked about last week on the podcast i'm I'm a nice guy i would say never i'm not that guy i'm not that guy
0: let's see um your score in total was one out of 18
1: is that good or bad that's bad one out of 18
0: well no yeah one out of 18 means that you have in no way shape or form any kind of adhd or adhd like symptoms so I passed you passed or didn't pass do so I get a lollipop well yeah um okay a special kind of lollipop you know what else that you you could get for passing it I think because you passed the exam this is a perfect time for cocktail,
1: cocktail clock to music getting a little parched that's so uh, i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up thank you you're welcome how are you still uh, off the wagon is it off the wagon or on the wagon are you are you drinking
0: i can't yet
1: okay so i guess i will go for, i was gonna wait my turn like we just talked about i was gonna go last i wouldn't mind but...
0: jason this is 2021's your year man you get to go first
1: ding 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 <laughs> all right the drink I have for you this week, I, I mean, okay, so this week I wasn't going to try to pigeonhole my drink into the theme of this topic because I just didn't think it would be appropriate. So what I'm drinking this week is a Moscow Mule. Yeah, Seth, Seth likes this one. Okay, he's headbanging.
0: Sorry, that's the Metallica hot in the background. Oh, nice.
1: You might think that this drink came from Russia, originated from Russia, but it did not. It actually originated from the United States of America. America. Commie. It actually originated in the city of Los Angeles. It was founded, created in 1941, the same year that U.S. and Russia became allies. As history buffs like Seth would know already. Kinda, the story goes that two men, more or less, brought this drink into fruition. A bar manager at the, The bar that has quite possibly the greatest name of all time. Cock and Bull.
0: Cock? Like is...
1: No, no. Cock and Bull.
0: Cock and Bull. I was going to say, is this a Brokeback Mountain story?
1: It might be. Hang on, brother. So Jack Morgan, the bar manager at Cock and Bull. I just love saying that. And the Smirnoff executive at the time, John Martin, both were... In a pickle, they wanted to sell a new drink. The Smirnoff executive wanted to sell more vodka, because, as you might imagine, coming out of Prohibition and stuff at the time, whiskey was really big, rum was really big, but vodka was not a spirit that Americans really enjoyed or really even wanted. So, the company of Smirnoff and vodka in general in the 1940s and 30s was was tanking. So they wanted a way to get. Americans to enjoy vodka more. So they put their heads together. And while they were trying to develop a drink, a woman named Sophie Berenzi, who immigrated to LA from Russia, had 2,000 copper mugs that her and her dad had made. And so she showed up at this bar hoping to kind of pawn off these mugs to somebody. And between the Smirnoff executive, the bar manager, and this girl with the copper mugs, the Moscow Mule was born. The, the Moscow Mule in general really helped America become familiar with vodka. It was one of the first vodka drinks that became really popular. This bartender I mentioned had a bunch of ginger beer that was starting to get pretty stale. And so they said, "Well, we're going to add ginger beer to it." So, if you don't know, Moscow Mule has 3 ingredients: vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. That's it. It's a pretty easy drink, and it's also very delicious. There's a lot of different plays on the mules, so depending on which spirit you put in or how you doctor it, they have many different names. So you may have heard of a Mexican mule, which swaps out the vodka for tequila. Kentucky mule has bourbon, as you might expect. A gin buck mule, I think you can get that one. And if you put dark rum, that's a dark and stormy. Which, Seth, correct me if I'm wrong, as I was starting to write this down and think of this, did I make a dark and stormy already? It sounds familiar to me.
0: You know, it does sound... I don't think you made it, but I think you've mentioned it before.
1: Have I made a drink with a copper mug before? Does this look familiar to you at all?
0: If you did, it was really early in the podcasting.
1: Does it made me think, like, we need to get an intern. And I want, like, the intern to go through the archives of our episodes and figure out all the drinks I've made. Because I don't want to ever repeat a drink. So I'm I'm hoping I haven't done this. I, I don't think I've done this Moscow Mule before, but...
0: No, I'm I'm positive you haven't done a Moscow Mule before. All right, good. I'm um, I'm really jealous right now. That looks amazing. It's like it's it's sweating nice on the the outside. Like I I want I want me some of that real bad.
1: I I'm, I'm going to tell you what. This is my second, right? My second vodka drink in 2 weeks. Yeah, cuz I made the uh, apple tini last week. I'm not a vodka fan. But man, you put some lime juice and some ginger beer with some vodka. I can do this. This is a really refreshing light drink. This drink is would be perfect on a back patio in the middle of the summer. And I'm I'm gonna be doing more of these this year, I think. This is a really good drink, Seth. Especially if you don't really care for vodka like me. It's it's all ginger beer and lime juice and and it's making me feel good.
0: Now I have a question for you. How many Moscow mules have you had before that one? Like, is it something that you've had frequently before or tried frequently or?
1: If I've had a Moscow Mule, it's been years. Um, I do make mules because I've had these copper mugs, so you know right. they, don't, they don't just sit around. I make a lot of Kentucky mules. You know, if you know me, I'm a big bourbon guy, so I usually don't make very many vodka drinks. But so I'll, I'll make I'll make the shit out of a, a Kentucky mule and Mexican mules as well. I like tequila, but you know this isn't bad, man. This is lighter, like I said. So I'm looking to save a couple calories.
0: Yeah, nice. Now. I've really enjoyed Moscow mules, but I hadn't really heard of them. I don't, I don't know why, but I hadn't really heard of them up until just a few years ago. Like, all of a sudden, they got really popular here in Wisconsin, and I don't know why that was, but all of a sudden, they got really popular. I'm like, Yeah, I'll try that. Well, it looks delicious. It smelled really good, sure enough. i'll agree
1: with you even here in michigan maybe it's a midwest thing i don't know but i feel like in the last five years or so going to like these crafty type restaurants they'll have a lot of mules now on the um on the menu so i'm a fan i'm gonna give this drink three and a half out of five which is might be the highest vodka rating i've ever given like i said this is actually pretty good
0: it's not the highest one because last week you gave the appletini a
1: four Oh, see, this is why we need an intern. I need to know which drink I rated <laughs> and which drink I've done. So if you are looking for a job, please email us. off right. now,
0: I have a question. Is it a three and a half because it's um cold as Satan's nutsack outside right now? like is if it was mm. if it was warmer outside and you were on the back porch, you know, and nice july evening or something like that do you think it would boost that score up a skosh
1: you might need to ask me again in july because as i sit here in my cold basement in my hoodie and sweatpants aka my work pants (laughs) yeah it's it's maybe a little lower because of that i can't give every drink five stars seth i mean i know you want me to but i gotta be honest with the people and you know if it's a bourbon drink we're gonna get up there it's gonna get up there in the fours maybe the fives but five is rare air.
0: Yeah, rare, really rare. Now, for me, I I'm trying to push you into that upper stratosphere because I'm generally the optimist of of the two, and I'm not drinking, so I thought that maybe the listeners could use a little bit of optimism um, coming from you. But I see that's difficult, and I I won't ask you to do it again. Eh, get off <laughs> my lawn.
1: All right. So, hey, switching gears now, Seth. Yeah. I've got a couple questions. Cause like I said, I am very much a novice on this topic of ADHD and I'm curious of like how it gets diagnosed. Is there a medical professional in, you know, specifically that, that would diagnose this other, are other are tests? I mean, you gave me a test. Is that basically the, the standard for do you have it or don't you have it? Or are there other things to look for?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the, the gold standard that tests, that ask very similar questions to those. Now, usually... Now, I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until I was an adult. When I was 28 years old is when I was finally diagnosed with ADHD. And it only happened because I was taking a college psychology class, and we were talking about developing brains and developing children and so on and so forth. And it had a version of this questionnaire in it, and I was... Doing the questionnaire, and I was like, "Son of a bitch, I have ADHD." It became pretty obvious to me when I scored a 16 out of 18 on said questionnaire. I I went to my doctor, and I was like, you know, I told him I, was, I told him what's going on. So then, you know, he gave me the test or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah,
1: <laughs> okay." So just your general care doctor, then.
0: Yeah, and generally they would also. They would also like you to see like a psychologist just to confirm. But for any parents that are out there, if you're worried about something like that, just bring it up with your general care doctor um, or the family doctor or whatever, and they can guide you in the right direction as far as getting answers.
1: Now, what about like in terms of demographics? So do we see this in kids as much or not as much as adults? How about men versus women? Um, Is the spectrum skewed one way or another that way?
0: Yeah, more boys than girls. And when it gets to adulthood, it's pretty close to the same. It kind of changes. That's just because of how ADHD presents itself more often in women than men. But in boys and kids, boys are more more prone to be diagnosed with ADHD um, than, than girls are. Uh, because Part of it is because the hyperactivity part of it is more outwardly noticeable and boys are more prone to the hyperactivity portion of ADHD. So it's something that if you notice your kids fidgeting a lot or their eyes won't sit still or it seems like they can't listen to you even though they're trying to listen to you and they can't they want to jump into a conversation all the time regardless of who's talking or whatever the case is. Those are things that are really like physically apparent. Like you can notice those things and in girls, because anxiety ties into ADHD so much and how the, the body kind of grows and adapts along with that anxiety portion is girls are less likely to try and have those outbursts of hyperactivity than, than boys are because it's, as a society we expect different behavior out of boys than girls. And then so it kind of presents itself over the long run differently, but boys generally more than girls.
1: Is there like a chemical thing there? Like is it linked to testosterone at all or anything like that? Or
0: not really in the the research that, that I've done, not necessarily in testosterone. One interesting thing, and this is something that again I can speak to personally is I have something called hypermobility Ehlers Danlos syndrome, which basically means my joints are really flexible. Like I have flexible joints. I can bend my pinky like all the way back, yeah, really far. And then, and then if you can touch your thumb to your forearm.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could, but <laughs> I'd break something.
0: <laughs> Those are just two of the joints. Or if your elbows hyperextend but joint hyperflexibility hypermobility is also linked to ADHD and anxiety um they're still kind of looking looking that over but the prevalence is significantly higher for kids or adults that have hypermobility to also have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder which i thought was really interesting that's that's research that's basically just been coming out in the last few years that kind of show a link between those two things, which is, I think, absolutely fascinating.
1: You made me think of something just now, and at the beginning you talked about the fact that ADD was a term used more in the 80s and 90s. Is that kind of when we started diagnosing this and and noticing this, or does it date back even farther than that?
0: Um, It goes back even further than that, but really you noticed, we started noticing it More in the 80s and 90s, kind of along the same lines as when autism diagnosis started kicking up. And part of it is, so there's another syndrome, it's called Vast Syndrome. Basically, it's an environment-based thing. So as, and this has kind of been the talking point for a while, that the environment that we're raising our children in and stuff with the different lights, the noises, the tablets, the, uh, being able to take all of these different things and extract from them, the information that we need to in different locations. Basically human minds are evolving to, to deal with all of this, these different stimuli that are happening. Well, what's also happening along those same lines as that is we're, Uh, becoming more prone to things like ADHD and this thing called VAST.
1: Yeah. So in terms of folks that have ADHD, do they have certain limitations? Does this diagnosis limit them in, in terms of like, they can't do X, Y, or Z? Is there things that they physically are unable to do, or is it just a case by case?
0: It's pretty much dependent on case-by-case. Case. Now, this is something that most people don't think about when they think about ADHD. Now, one of the, some of the questions that I asked you earlier, like, do you have trouble finishing a task that you started? Now, for me, it is. it was so bad that I couldn't finish food on my plate. Like, I couldn't physically... I could eat an entire meal and I would leave just a tiny little bit of food left over.
1: Even if you were still hungry.
0: Yeah. Like I couldn't finish the food that was on my plate. Like I would always leave a little bit left over. Hmm. Yeah. Starting a project like, uh, and going through all the way to the end, I would pretty much go all the way through finishing a project. I would always leave just a little bit of something left over. And it's not because I didn't want to finish the project. It's something in my brain's telling me that, Nope, can't do that the other thing that some people with ADHD really struggle with and this is parents listen please when i was a kid people thought i was lazy and i was a procrastinator and all of these different things and i i was labeled a lot of stuff because they didn't realize that this is part of the part of the disease right part of the syndrome is starting tasks or the executive function of the brain like being able to do a menial task is very difficult like teaching a child who has adhd to brush their teeth is very difficult just trying to get them you know kind of convince them to do anything like that is really hard but yeah it's it's not that people with adhd can't do something it's just that They find it much harder to do certain activities, and it is a case-by-case. It'll be different for everybody. So a few other things that I really want to mention is if your child is struggling with grades or struggling with getting homework done right away or struggling with doing homework when they're supposed to do homework as opposed to at the very last minute— try to think about that it might not be their fault that that's what they're doing you might think man they're just why can't they just do what i ask them to do why can't they take the trash out when i ask them to take the the trash out and it's not that they don't want to take the the trash out it's they're thinking about 10 other things at that moment the trash will probably eventually be taken out but like we have to try and understand that there are certain limitations that come with ADHD as well as with the, the homework thing. I mean, I scored, I think it was a a 34 on my ECT when I was in high school. So, wow. But I had a 2.16 GPA. (laughs) So it's not that, (laughs) it's not that, you know, uh, somebody with ADHD isn't intelligent because they're getting bad grades. It's that they might just have trouble doing the homework they might be fine understanding the material, but labeling them lazy or incompetent, uh, it, it's really hard for somebody with ADHD to deal with that, especially because it's so linked with anxiety and depression in, in teens and in younger kids and even adults. The uh, The other thing that I... W- wanted to mention real quick here is there are three types there's inattentive ADD, adhd which is what we consider add or what we would have thought add was a long time ago that's the you forget where you put things you you have trouble paying attention when somebody's talking you're daydreaming all of the time you're always thinking about something else than what you're supposed to be thinking about that's inattentive attentive Uh there's hyperactivity ADHD, which is going to be like, yeah, very fidgety, you know, hands in the mouth, tapping your fingers, tapping your toes, talking while other people are talking. Kind of this out, if you if you hold somebody with ADHD down, eventually they are going to explode into motion. It's just going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. Feel like you're driven by a motor those are things to watch out for and then lastly the last type of adhd is called combined type which is what i have which is uh both of column a and column b all rolled up into one fun situation so it was kind of a light bulb that went off for me later in life when i finally started getting treated for this um, with with medication, and things started becoming a little bit easier to to do, and that executive function started becoming a little bit easier. I was no longer sabotaging myself at jobs. I was no longer doing some of the really stupid mistakes that I was previously, so that really helped. The one thing that I can say is that if you think you are struggling with this, reach out to somebody who has it, or reach out to your doctor and try and get help. This isn't something that you can just will yourself over. It's not something that you can just suddenly make yourself better at not procrastinating. You can't just suddenly start using a planner more, no matter how many times people that tell you to use a planner and write stuff down. It's, it's not your fault. That's what I want to say that if you struggle with that kind of stuff, it's not your fault that you're struggling with it. It there's, there's something that needs to be helped. There's something that needs to be fixed and reach out to somebody because your quality of life can really grow up once you start focusing on it.
1: So it sounds like you got diagnosed when you were a kid. Do you feel like you got great support from your parents and your family? Once you knew that this was something that you had to live with?
0: Well, no. So I got diagnosed when I was 28.
1: Oh, I'm so. Okay.
0: Yeah. So when, when I was, when I was an adult, I got diagnosed. Um, and I, felt like I looking back on it I felt I got pretty horrible support from my family in understanding what I was going through
1: okay but at 28 you would have been you would have been married right um let's see yep so did you feel like you got support from your wife on this was it a tough pill yes. to, for her to swallow okay
0: yeah well actually you know I wouldn't say necessarily it was a tough pill for her to swallow but it, it definitely made life easier understanding that there were there was something behind the actions that i was doing you know like it's because <laughs> you can only tell somebody to you know not throw their socks on the floor so many times or whatever the case is uh before just thinking that they're a complete dunce but understanding that there's a reason for some of the you know, um, physiological and psychological tics that I, you know, tics and quotations that I might have actually helped my wife understand a little bit better that there's, there are other things going on, especially because like, so something that she struggles with is anxiety and having a name for it is, it makes it easier for me to look into it and see the things that other people struggle with and how I might be able to help her. So like, being able to put a name to ADHD was actually really helpful because it, it kind of gave us a baseline to kind of go from.
1: Yeah, I think that's key too, knowing that it's something that other people are also struggling or not maybe not struggling with, are are working with. And knowing that you're not alone, I've got to imagine that helps, knowing that, like you said, you can go online and maybe there's a support system somehow on social media or or something that you can go to and say, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And then you can also see that, yeah, this is normal in our group. And here's what I do to combat it or battle with it or, or, you know, solve my daily issues. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a a pretty good Reddit group out there. You can find anything on Reddit, but there's a pretty good Reddit group. They're pretty supportive. Um, there are a couple of groups on Facebook, so on and so forth, but yeah, it definitely helps knowing that you're not the only one struggling and, you're also not stupid, and like I said, don't don't blame yourself if you're struggling with this. Or maybe you're an adult listening to this, and you're thinking, "Oh my goodness, uh, maybe I should go get checked." Please, yes, do um, it. Might really, you know, boost your self confidence, and it might really boost your own, you know, life. Uh, you'd be surprised at how important that is.
1: Probably can also improve relationships that maybe you're currently struggling with would be it with your spouse or your family or whatever friends
0: or your job
1: yeah coworkers sure absolutely as we wrap up here i think the last question i had for you and i think you may have answered it is is there a quote unquote cure for adhd is it treatable i heard you mention something about medication so
0: so is adhd curable no basically it, your your neurons are messed up pretty much for life but it is manageable Now, uh, you can treat ADHD with a bunch of different tactics, and it all works differently for everybody. There are probably about 20 different medications out there, and each person responds differently to each one, so it's a process finding a medication that works for you. For example, I took my medicine this morning, but when I picked it up, I didn't realize that they, they gave me the wrong one. and. So I took it this morning and I felt I felt terrible all day. Like my brain was in a fog all day, like nothing was right. And it's just because the brand I picked up was the off brand of the stuff I normally get. And just that little bit of difference, the difference between generic and not generic made a huge difference in how my body processes the medication. Uh, Don't be scared if your the medicine you try first doesn't work or the medicine you try for your kids first doesn't work. There's going to be something out there that helps. The other things that you can do, meditation, relaxation, exercise, exercises, and physical exercise is probably the most important, which is probably why it wasn't quite as, it took longer for me to get diagnosed because I was always really active. I was always exercising. But as my body started betraying myself, I started becoming more sedentary. And then I started noticing some of these things more and more and more crop up in my life. And... I really strongly believe that exercise, uh, though not a cure, really helps in um, ADHD, anxiety, depression, that whole spectrum of disorders. And then beyond that, balance exercises. So things like yoga or Tai Chi, things of that nature are are really good for ADHD.
1: I'll say yoga is just great in general. As somebody who's been exercising quite a bit the last couple of years. Namaste, man. It yoga really centers me. And and a couple years years back, if you were to ask me, I'd have been like, yoga really, Tai Chi really, like no, I'm gonna lift weights and I'm gonna you know run or do something. But it's as I get older, and some of your older dads and, and moms will will understand this. It's so important to stretch, and just find some peace and quiet sometimes, especially if you are a dad of young kids. You know, it's great to just kind of unwind unplug turn the lights off and just kind of like meditate stretch do whatever feels good for you but um i really support that and I, I think yoga tai chi whatever whatever does it for you man that's that's great
0: yeah especially because jason's ass looks spectacular in yoga pants
1: no i don't wear yoga pants We've, we went over this it's sweatpants <laughs> or sweatpants or sometimes wind pants
0: oh yes Yeah, hopefully they're like purple and pale blue.
1: I've got blue ones. Yeah. Just for you, buddy. I'll I'll post them on the Instagram on the dark web.
0: Oh, I I can't wait. Uh, Well, in the meantime, while we're waiting for Jason to post it on Instagram, follow him there so you can take a look at those sweet, sweet pants. Follow us. uh, Follow me on Twitter at Seth4Nerds and us on Facebook at Dad's Off Duty. And hey, guys. You're out there, you're having yourself a good time, having yourself a Moscow mule this evening in honor of Jason. Stay off duty.